closing time. Conversations on commercial real estate, development, brokerage, and the economy. Presented by Capital Rivers, the leading disruptor in commercial real estate. Our host for this episode, Brian Bushlack. Hey, Greg, thanks for joining us in our last episode, Adventures in Real Estate. Uh, We had a good conversation about... uh, what it takes to put these deals together. Obviously, uh, lots of time, lots of capital, and (laughs) some cases, lots of luck, too. I know you had a project uh, placing a CVS in uh, Merced, and this one was particularly interesting. Maybe give us an overview, first of all. Yeah, to your point, development is is not easy, and uh, every project that we've taken on there's been challenges that have had we've had to overcome, and um, you know, I think that's what kind of makes us unique is that we can get pretty creative in overcoming those those challenges. And so, you know, when I first uh, kind of went out and started Capital Rivers, one of the first projects was a, uh, a CVS pharmacy and a Starbucks in Merced uh, at Olive and M. And um, you know, funny enough that that same property I had worked on almost a decade prior when I was at a company called Armstrong Development, we were a preferred developer for CVS Pharmacy. So so I was very, very familiar with the market, knew that CVS wanted to be in that market, had worked on a number of sites that had just never come to fruition for various reasons. It was just a very challenging market to get into to meet CVS's particular needs in terms of the quality of real estate and and size of the property and whatnot. So I had some history there and we identified a a property that was an old office building. So it was actually two office buildings that were multi-story on the corner, as I mentioned, of all of them. Prior developers had tried to redevelop the site and were unsuccessful for a number of reasons. The main reasons were the owner of the property was very challenging to work with. Um, he was a dentist, so this was not his you know, primary business. He had purchased the property as an investment and he'd entered into some leases that were were just not favorable leases for the redevelopment of a property. And so, for example, there was a cell phone operator equipment on the roof of these buildings, you know, for AT&T, I think the other one might have been T-Mobile, and then there was a third cell carrier. And, you know, he'd, uh, He'd entered into long-term leases with these operators to put their you know, equipment on the roof. But what he failed to do was include a provision to allow for redevelopment of the property or you know, be able to either relocate, have them relocate or terminate their lease if he decided to redevelop the property. So it was like a, you know, an octopus that was just sucking the life out of these buildings because he couldn't redevelop them because he couldn't get the cell phone equipment off the roof and he didn't know what to do. And so another developer came in and, and uh, you know, they hired a consultant, you know, to try to come in and negotiate with the operators to get them, you know, to restructure their leases and move them onto a tower. 
And, you know, they were unsuccessful, you know, mostly because, you know, the consultants obviously charging by the hour and the more hours they spend on it, the more money they make. So that developer spent, you know, a lot of time and money trying to put that deal together and ultimately fell through. What allowed us to be successful is we looked at it a little bit differently. So, you know, I was able to build some trust and rapport with the seller just by being incredibly transparent, letting him know exactly what the challenges were and what we were going to do differently to overcome those challenges. And when it comes to the, uh, or when it came to the cell phone tower equipment, you know, I had a different approach. So I actually found a, a cell tower developer out of Lodi and I offered them a partnership. I said, we will give you the land that you need for your cell tower for free. We might even subsidize it and give you some capital, but we need you to use your connections and resources and expertise to negotiate, to move the carriers off of the building and onto the tower. And that was really the key to the success of this project. It got really messy. I mean, I think, you know, trying to negotiate with, you know, AT&T and some of these big organizations is not easy by any means. <laughs> and so, you know, without going into a lot of the detail, you know, ultimately, I think that at one point there was like six in- attorneys involved and you had to go back through the records and, you know, one of the, the carriers, you know, they never went and got structural reports done to see if the roof could sustain the weight of the equipment. And ultimately the roof was cracking and leaking, you know, because this building was deteriorating. And so we were able to kind of go back and, and, and use that and say, look, you guys caused these roof issues. So, you know, either move on to the cell tower, which you're going to get a higher, what's called a rad center, which a higher you know elevation on the tower, which is going to give you better coverage. And we're going to, you know, keep your rate basically the same. So it's a, it's a win in exchange for, you know, getting off of the roof and we're, Oh, by the way, you're not going to be liable for the damage that you caused, which is, you know, could be pretty substantial. And so unfortunately, you know, we kind of had to use a little bit of that leverage to get through that issue, but, you know, we were able to, to kind of solve that. So, you know, that was a big obstacle that we had to overcome. You know, in creating a solution to a problem prior to it really becoming a problem though, I mean, you've got, you know, you get the end goal, right? And instead of, you know, just flopping that in the lap of the cell phone companies and trying to go to war with them, you had a solution to fix everything, right? I'm sure that that's what got it done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. we made it so that it was hard for them to say no. You know, they got brand new equipment on a brand new tower and, you know, all they had to do was agree to relocate off the roof. Of course, you would think, oh, great, they should just sign that up and we'll be done. But never works that way. I mean, especially when they feel like they've got something, you know, they've got this long-term lease and they know that they're holding us hostage. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of times they try to extract something out of it, whether it be a big fee or incredibly low lease rate on the new, you know, relocation site. And so then you get back, you know, go into the back and forth. And that's why ultimately we had to pull the, the records and see if they actually did a structural report and things like that. But 
you know, we were able to, to get through that. We also, being that it was a redevelopment project, you know, there were some tenants that were still in the building that still had lease term. And so we had to go in and, and negotiate to relocate them out of the building because obviously we can't tear down the building if we've got tenants inside of it. And so part of what, what we had to do was go find, you know, there was an Edward Jones tenant in there and he still had term left. You know, and he could have held us hostage, right? And I mean, we we can't tear down the building if he's got a valid lease. And so, again, the the prior owner failed to include a redevelopment clause in that lease. And you know, luckily Edward Jones was just kind of fed up with being in that building because it you know it was really deteriorated. And then the landlord, who was a seller, was kind of financially struggling at the time, and so. Yeah, he was unable to make the repairs and stuff. So we were able to find them another location and and relocate them all at the same time while we're negotiating with the cell phone carriers. We're going through the city and getting entitlements, trying to coordinate that all at the same time so that the timing of everything works out. And, And by the way, we have contractual obligations with CVS and Starbucks on delivery and so we're one of the uh, the keys is is trying to manage those timelines. And there's penalties, you know, oftentimes associated with not hitting some of your contractual obligations. You know, a lot of these tenants, if you don't deliver by a certain date, there's could be a thousand dollar a day penalty or a two for one free rent or something like that. It's not easy <laughs> by any means. And uh, talk about specifically about the CVS and the Starbucks. Where did both of them have drive throughs they did. Yeah. So that was another challenge that we had to overcome. You know, the city, although they were they were supportive of the drive throughs, they they had a kind of a grand idea of what they wanted Olive Avenue to look like. And they wanted to limit the curb cuts on Olive and make sure that there, you know, there weren't stacking issues with the drive through. So the, we had to work with the uh, with the city and kind of massage the site plan to make sure that there weren't stacking issues. We had to work with a, the neighbor because there was a cross access easement and, and ensure that you know he was on board with the plan so that the, the Starbucks wouldn't impact his drive aisle and his parking. You know, so we had to navigate all that at the same time while we were you know, going through the, the process with the cell carriers and you know, negotiating the, the agreements with CVS and Starbucks. No, and I, I failed to mention at the same time, the owner of the property was was financially struggling, struggling, so he defaulted on his note. So now we've spent several hundred thousand dollars. We've gone through entitlements. We're in the midst of entitling a cell tower and negotiating relocation provisions with the carriers. And we've got these delivery obligations and the owner of the property, because we haven't closed on it yet, defaulted on his note. And so now we're potentially looking at the lender foreclosing on the property, which they could just totally wipe us out. So what what we had to do was essentially entered into an agreement with the seller to extend our closing because we needed more time to go work through the cell phone tower issue and some of the other stuff. And in exchange for that extension, we paid his, his mortgage payment. So every month we cut a check to his lend direct to his lender uh, to keep him current uh, and keep the lender from foreclosing on the property. 
until we could get all of these things buttoned up to be in a position to actually close on the property and start start development. So it was, uh, to, to say the least, you know, it was like herding cats while writing checks at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, luckily I had, you know, this is when I first started Capital River. So I didn't have the capital. And uh, so my partner was having to, you know, put up that capital and they trusted you know, in me and being able to navigate through all this. And, uh, you know, we were able to ultimately get it done. So you had the rivers, but not the capital at that point. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got to ask you, did you feel better or did you feel more in control of the transaction because of that though? I mean, you're actually making those mortgage payments or, or completely the opposite. Did you feel like it was a greater risk? Well, it was it was a lot of pressure on me because you know I was putting my partner's capital at risk because if I'm not able to pull this off, you know, he's going to lose several hundred thousand dollars. So I don't like to fail, and and uh, you know we were also at the same time working on another project here in Sacramento. Um, so it was incredibly stressful. I mean, I you know long calls with the seller and you know multiple calls with attorneys trying to sort through things and. It was a very, very stressful project, but uh, very rewarding in the same sense when we were able to accomplish our goal. And I mean, the best part of the entire project was when we started demolition on those office buildings, which was a whole nother story. I mean, these office buildings had been deteriorating rapidly. And so, you know, the homeless and the druggies moved in and we were constantly getting calls from the city, you know, and the police department. And, you know, we, we'd even fenced it off I and mean, we were doing everything we could to try to keep people out of it. And they just kept going back in. Oh, even the fire department, you know, called and they wanted to use it as a uh, training facility and basically burn it down and do, you know, training exercises and stuff. And <laughs> right before the GC was ready to start construction and tear the building down, they did a walkthrough uh, you know, I want to make sure that nobody was in there. You know, they found a person that was basically passed out. They thought the person had actually died. So they called the police and somebody had overdosed inside one of the buildings and, you know, had a needle in their arm. And so they had to, you know, the police and ambulance came and extracted them. And, you know, and then we, we tore the building down. But there's always something, you know, it's just. Oh, yeah. You never know what to expect. You don't know what the issue is going to be, you know, when you wake up and you, know, you just got to you just got to figure it out and solve it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a very, very rewarding project. It was a very profitable project and um, a huge accomplishment for me personally, knowing that we were able to pull it off and you know, that there were some other development groups that had substantial resources, been in the business for a very long time. And they were unable to pull it off. So it was a big feather in my hat and, and our, our team's hat. And it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for, for the teamwork and partnering with the cell tower developer. But it all finally came together. Yeah. And back to the drive through question, I asked that because of traffic, right? And, and you know, you're generating a lot of traffic with a Starbucks and a CVS on the same footprint. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they... They went for that in the first place. Yeah, we had to do some traffic analysis. And so we took a look at it. Well, what was the impact of the the office buildings? You know, because these were 
three or four story office buildings and there's two of them. I don't remember the exact square footage, but they were fairly large. And so we looked at what's current base case look like, you know, how many how many employees would be in the building if it was fully occupied? How many cars would that generate? And then how many cars would this you know new project that we're proposing generate? And so we had to do an analysis and you were very, very close to not meeting kind of the thresholds that the city needed in terms of, you know, having too much traffic, but we were able to, you know, mitigate some of those concerns that the city had, you know, by, by showing that, you know, CVS wasn't going to generate as much drive through traffic as your typical QSR might, right? You know, that's not a huge traffic impact. And then Starbucks, you know, there's certain times a day when they're busier, but, you know, we were able to route that drive through kind of around the building and, you know, they wouldn't impact stacking into major drive aisles or curb cuts or things like that. And so we were able to identify mitigating measures that, you know, satisfied the city and and ultimately they were on board with it. I guess if all else failed, you could have put both drive through windows in the same location. You could have got your prescription and your latte <laughs> at the same time, right? Yeah, that would be a creative solution for sure. You can use that on a future project, okay? No charge. Perfect. Perfect. Done. <laughs> so with with that in mind, what did you learn from this that has benefited you moving forward? I mean, you've done a ton of projects since then, but what, what, what did you learn from that that you were able to take forward that's benefited you on future projects? Yeah. So lesson learned uh, or lessons learned on that project. There was a lot, but I think the biggest one is just, you know, making sure that you've got really good partners, you know, whether it's your capital partner or, you know, in, in the, in the case here with the cell phone tower developer, you know, they were phenomenal partners. I mean, they, they really stepped up and, you know, we wouldn't have been able to get the project done without them. So, I think the big lesson on that one is, 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 well, a couple of big lessons are you have to be creative and think outside the box and don't be afraid to, you know, maybe give up a little bit of profit in order to help get a deal done. Yeah, I mean, we gave up some profit by bringing in the cell phone tower developer, but we wouldn't have had the project if it wasn't for them. So, you know, it was, it was a win. So just having the right partners and then, uh, you know, always, you know, just being creative. I think would be the two biggest lessons learned. Great insight as always, Greg. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, thank you so much. It was fun talking about it and reminiscing on that challenging project. Thank you for downloading Closing Time, presented by Capital Rivers Commercial. If you're interested in partnering with us, visit CapitalRivers.com to learn more. And follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest updates and real estate opportunities.